In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us to open our hearts to your will and to be converted daily to be your disciples and your followers. There's a priest from Alkosh who was in town studying. So he was asking me, he's like, Abuna, Mila Adi, Super Bowl, right? What is this whole Super Bowl thing that everyone's talking about? And uh, one of the women, she, she responded, Abuna, Nasha, Jami Agdade, Udakhli Kabira, Ushati Kabira, Umayota Kabira, Sarfi Pada Lakmar Kabira, U Adila. He's like, what? So they, they, eat, they eat a lot, they gather, they eat a lot, they drink a lot, they yell a lot, and they gamble a lot. That's Super Bowl. And he looks at me, he's like, what? I'm like, that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a pretty good description of Super Bowl. And then I had to explain to him, like, there's a National Football League, and it's a thing, and it's a, not a football, it's a big ball. It was a whole conversation about what the Super Bowl is. And it's a fun day, and I, I'm a big sports fan, so I really enjoy watching it. I love watching sports that I'm not invested in. Like, if I'm watching a Michigan State game, I'm, like, kind of stressed out about it. So I've never been stressed watching a Super Bowl because the Lions perpetually are disasters. So, but it's, it's just a fun time. It's an enjoyable time to gather together as family and friends. It doesn't have to be necessarily sinful. Can it be excessive? Can people eat and drink and gamble too much? Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. It is what it is. But it's not the best thing in the world. Think, take, for example, like gambling as a, as a thing unto itself. Is gambling objectively sinful? There's always a fun conversation to have in the church. The answer is no, right? If you're having your family over and you're having like Super Bowl squares and it's just kind of fun. At the church, we do like bingo nights. We sell raffle tickets for fundraisers. It's just technically gambling. If you have like a weekly con night with your friends and you like gamble a little bit, is it sinful? Honestly, not at all. And in fact, it could be just be fun. But can it get to an extreme very easily? And this is the kind of day where you can like really emphasize like really how how negative gambling can be on a community, on a family, all these things. Think, for example, um, of these apps that are out there. And if you don't know what these apps are, ask somebody, because they're really bad. And they're, like, their goal of life is to suck you into their existence and then take your money from them. There's always that one person who's like, oh, I made like 100K off this one game. Okay, the rest of everyone else lost, right? Because their goal in life isn't to give you their money. Their goal in life is to take your money. If it's a little bit, it's not that big of a deal. But think of how easily you can be dragged into it, right? How, how negative gambling can be if we don't, if not attentive to, to really, in a virtuous way, controlling how we use it and what it's used for in a healthy way. Because the temptation, the root of that temptation is, is money. And money isn't a sin into itself. Again, it's important to balance this out as Christians. Because St. Paul today is preaching to Timothy. He says, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money as a root of all evil. Because then, soon thereafter, he talks about the rich. Listen, exhort those rich who are among you to be generous and to be liberal and to, to know that only Jesus Christ is their Lord and he goes into this whole spiel. So he's not saying, don't have money because money is evil. He's not saying that at all. He's saying the love of money is the root of all evil. Because all of us, as we enter into, your, into a week, we have Lent coming up. All of us have our temptations of life. And if you were to sow in the tradition of the church and of all the saints, there really are like three categories of all temptations, kind of a fourth, but three main ones, which is power, pleasure, and money. Sometimes we can add into that fame, which is a whole different homily. But let's just focus on these three, power, pleasure, and money. These are, once again, temptations, not sin unto themselves, 
they're just temptations for what they are. Think about power. Power, you can say, oh, power can be very sinful. But in the gospel today, the centurion who has power and authority over others, Jesus says to him, and nowhere in Israel have I found such faith. Because he understands that power is important because authority is the thing to run the world. We have to subject ourselves to authority, whether it be to the world around us or something as simple as your parents. Children, you have to submit to your parents. This is the fourth commandment. After the commandments about God, the fourth one is children respecting the authority of their parents. It's that important in human society, let alone in the church and in the faithful, to understand that. But think of the temptation that comes with power. If you ever have like a, a mean or terrible boss who wants to like lord over their, their authority over you, or, or an ex, kind of an extreme example, think about politics. Right? I'm already dreading the election for 2024. Like I'm already like, oh, it's going to be so annoying to have to deal with that as a church. But think about politics as a thing. Since the creation of humanity, politics have been corrupt and it's been a dirty business. Are there good, honest politicians out there? Sure, they exist somewhere in imagination, okay? But in reality, it's like because they want the desire power and the undercut and all these things. And politics are really, really messy. Why? Because that temptation for power, for the sake of power. And it can be very negative. Think about pleasures. God created things in this world pleasurable. God created things good. Today's a beautiful sunny day. We're going to enjoy the day. We're going to have fun with our family. These are pleasurable things. That honey tastes sweet. That, that ribeye is delicious. That sex is pleasurable. These are God's creation. He created it as such on purpose. At the same time, the negative of it, if we don't balance it properly, is that it can absorb our existence. Think of how many people overeat or overindulge in all of the pleasurable things in the world. Think of how inappropriately useful the internet can be very easily on very sinful things, if you get my gist here, right? That's very negative and is hurting human society because we're too focused in on the pleasures of the world. And then money, obviously money. Money's a tool, it's a reality. We do fundraisers, you have to pay your mortgage, we have to exist. Money is a thing and it matters and it should matter. But think of all those and just think of examples in your life. Think of somebody super rich, like who's in the news. I don't know, think of somebody who comes to mind. Or think of somebody whom you know personally who is very wealthy. Are they happy? Are their children grounded in reality and normal and happy? If the answer is yes, that means they were very intentional and did everything they could to keep godly fear in their hearts and to keep them simple and grounded. But more often than not, the temptation from wealth can corrupt the human heart. And you can see it very easily if you just open your eyes and observe the universe for just a second. So why do I bring these things up? Power, pleasure, and money. Because next week is Lent, and this would have been maybe a more appropriate homily next week, but my desire for you is to prepare yourselves for Lent. This week is going to be this week. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. But I want you to have a fruitful and beautiful Lent. In the wisdom of the church, in the beautiful wisdom of the church, Ba'utha is always three weeks before Lent. So we have like a super intense prayer and fasting time, a little bit of a break, and then into the great Lent, the great fast, as you call Lent. So really enter into it beautifully. So how do we combat the temptation from power, pleasure, and money? We enter into prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Because when we pray, we know that there's a God. 
that we are not all-powerful. God is all-powerful. And he is our God. He's whom we worship and whom we love. Right? So that's power. The pleasure. When we fast, we recognize that I don't need all these pleasures. I don't need coffee. I don't need sugar. I don't need pop. I don't need these things. I like them, but I don't need them. I need God. And then almsgiving, recognize that God has given me the financial means to survive, and in excess, or we sacrifice to help those who are also in need. This is how we do it. And everybody to their balance of life, everybody to their place of life. Think of our, our Chaldean sisters, all the monks in the world, all these things. They're to an extreme. They live out poverty, chastity, and obedience to an extreme. They own nothing. As a priest, I have a, I'm like a level under them. And all of you, our family and family and normal people who have jobs, you have to a different degree. But all of us, to our specific degree, enter into prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, poverty, chastity, and obedience, against power, pleasure, and money, so that we don't lose our souls. These are important times. My prayer for you is this. Today, Super Bowl, eat a lot, drink a lot, don't gamble too much. Listen, enjoy the day. It's a fun day. It's a fun family day. It's like a, almost like a national holiday. Whatever. Enjoy the day. Tomorrow, and then week, this week, as you prepare to enter into Lent, really take it serious. Where is God asking you to really pray more? Where is God asking you to really fast intensely this Lent? And where is God asking you in your financial ability to give to those who are in need? Because the goal of life isn't to just find our happiness in this life alone. Because power, pleasure, and money can never, has never, will never satisfy the human heart. Only God. And the church in her wisdom gives us seven weeks of Lent to re-enter into that, to remind ourselves that I desire happiness, I desire fulfillment, and they can only be achieved in God. Amen.